This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's another episode of Ears Up In-Depth, brand new for the brand new year. And I wouldn't have this any other way, but I'm joined with my close personal friend, Jeremy from Spectro Radio. Jeremy, how's New Year been, man? Well, so far, so good. Happy New Year to you, Jace. <laughs> That's what I said. Again with this Jace. You know? Where did this come from? Where did Jace come from besides the last uh, Ears Up show? That's where it came from. Actually, do you want to know where? Okay. You want to know where I know why I say the name Jace? Please do. Please tell me. Please uh, uh, elucidate. Is that a word? There's a Lifetime movie. <laughs> okay, good. Already, I love it. About Joey Buttafuoco, Mary, but- Mary Jo Buttafuoco, and uh, Amy Fisher, the Long Island Lolita. It's called Casualties of Love, the Long Island Lolita story. Okay. Okay. So I don't know. Do you know about them? See, that's I a mean, big East Coast thing. In the early 90s, we were all obsessed with the Buttafuoco's. Honestly, I, the, whatever I know about them, and I, I, I'm sort of unclear, um, was listening to Howard Stern because he was obsessed with the story. Every yeah. day he would talk about it. And that's really, you know, reading the news or whatever, but if it was like the mid or early 90s, I don't know, what, I was in middle school? I don't care. Right. High school? What do I give a care about the Buttafuoco's? Well... It was a huge story because he was having an affair on his wife with this teenage girl, Amy Fisher, and she showed up at the front door and shot his wife, Mary Jo, in the head. That's right. And she survived. That's right. So in the made-for-TV movie on Lifetime Movie Network, starring Alyssa Milano as the Long Island Lolita, yeah. Joey Buttafuoco, before he starts cheating on his wife with her, he goes away to rehab. And when Mary Jo comes to pick him up from rehab, he's leaving and he's, you know, he's saying all of his goodbyes. And there's all these guys like just coming out of the house in the, they're up in the windows. They're hanging out of every oh, opening in the house. Right. Like and he's side, like, yeah. Sounds like a West goes, Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> it's like West Side Story. And the one guy is hanging out the window and he goes, later, buddy. And he goes, Jace, it's been great knowing you. Stay sober and God bless. <laughs> And and that's and that's why I use the name Jace to describe. Well, thank you very much. I feel like it's very appropriate. Uh, living in a sober house. Um, when was the last time you saw this movie? Probably five years ago. You know, <laughs> it didn't put it on as much. You remember it. You remember all of this. That's a lot of detail. It really must have impacted you very much, Lee. Well, we would watch it and just rewind that over and over and <laughs> <Okay>. over. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> you know, like right. normal people. That's true. Like normal people would. <laughs> well, Murdog, let me tell you a story since that was a great story. I I want to save everybody's lives here for a second. So it was Taryn's birthday yesterday as of this recording. And, you know, your boy cooked for Taryn on her 37th birthday and uh, made a nice little seafood thing with a sauce. It was a whole deal. Um, 
but I made her cake also, and she really likes the specific cake Funfetti. Funfetti cake. It's like well, sure. basically a white cake or a yellow cake with like sprinkles in it or whatever it is. Yeah, you got to love it. The name Fun is right in it. It's Funfetti, baby. It's like the cake is throwing confetti at you. Confetti of fun. Anyway, and uh, my theory on, on cakes is that like it, we've, we've grown up. If you're anything like me, which I apologize if you are, uh, we've sort of grown up on eating box cake. So now if you try to make a cake from scratch, it's just it's never going to taste the way that you think a cake has the, the way a cake tastes, if you know what I mean, right? Like the, the taste of box cake has eclipsed homemade cake so much that even though homemade cake might taste better or be better for you or whatever because it doesn't have a whole lot of uh, other ingredients in it, it's never going to replicate the box flavor. And that's what we've considered. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yeah, absolutely. For example, Heineken. Uh, you know, when you open I a Heineken, it was going to go to beer. There we go. Uh, a Heineken. Uh, when you open that green bottle, you sort of there's like this skunky flavor to it. And years ago, because uh, and, and so the skunky flavor is light struck. There's too much light hitting the 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 beer. The hops in the beer turn skunky. Anyways, right. And Heineken shipped their beer in brown bottles to sort of prevent this from now from now on, right? They just kind of, that's what they did to try to, you know, clean up the beer's taste or whatever. Sales weren't very good. People thought that it didn't taste like Heineken because they, we, they had been drinking Heineken so long with that skunky flavor that that's just now the flavor of Heineken. Fine, okay, I'm with you, but what happens when you drink Heineken out of a can? Like I do, because I I'm like Heineken skunk. out of a can. It's huh? so Heineken out of a can is very good. Heineken's a very good beer. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know yeah, what happens. I agree. And maybe that's why you don't see it too much. We don't see it anyway. I'm way too far afield. But so I made, I got this cake. But I'm looking at frosting, and I go, you know what? I bet I could make my own frosting. I'm already making my own saffron garlic sauce, right? I'm already cooking all these fishes and seafoods and stuff like that, like a boss. Why don't Frosting's I make my own easy. frosting? Frosting yeah. is easy. So the only thing I can think of immediately is buttercream frosting. Right. Do you know a buttercream? Is that do you know buttercream frosting? We use confectioner's sugar and butter, right? It's literally butter. Like I didn't realize this. So I made a, a chocolate one. I got a, a Scharfenberger like chocolate powder, the good stuff, right? Scharfenberger makes some good chocolates. Okay. And you know, butter and yeah, uh, powdered sugar and like a little bit of milk and some vanilla and some salt, and that's it. So the whole time I'm making this, I'm I'm whipping it up, I'm figuring it out, I'm adjusting the recipe, making the consistency, whatever. I do the thing, and then I take I taste some, and I'm like, wow, this tastes really good. And then I realize I'm eating chocolate butter, like it's all butter. It's just it's just butter. It spreads because it's butter. <laughs> That's and, fabulous. And it turns my stomach. And so we ate – I ate a, a big slice and Taryn had a big slice. And I'm sitting there. I'm eating this. I'm going, I'm going to die. I'm killing myself. <laughs> nah. Because all I'm doing, I'm eating – I figured out the equivalent of three pats of butter. And it's just – it makes no sense. So buttercream boggles my mind. Um, but there was only uh, four cups of powdered sugar in the whole cake. So you know, what are you going to do? Well, it sounds great. I love a buttercream. I mean I think you nailed it. I'll make you a cake when you come out next, man. Bake me a cake as fast as you can. <laughs> Roll it up and mark it with a Jace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your Jace logo. Jeez.
All right. Well, uh, you know what, Jeremy? I'm going to put you on the spot first. Why don't you start with one of your stories, and let's dig into this episode. Huh? Well, let's just dig in. Last week, Disney announced a new way for you to spend money. Oh. Are you excited? I really am. Okay. Introducing Club Run Disney. Wow. Club Run Disney. As if, as if we needed a club now for it. Right. This is a way to enhance, according to the Disney website, a new way to take your Run Disney experience to the next level. Now, they announced this on the eve of Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend. <clears throat> I would have thought a way to take my Run Disney experience to a new level would be to, oh, I don't know, offer some new races. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back to Disneyland, for example. Bring it back. You know, they used to also, they used to have interesting races. There used to be um, Expedition Everest Challenge, which was really just a 5K, but then followed by an um, obstacle course. And you'd, and, and oh, that's even during, cool. it was really cool. And even during the race, you had to crawl through, you know, crawl like under robes, jump over hay bales. It was like, a, it was a cool race, even though it was a 5K and it was at night. Gone. They hmm. used to have around Halloween time, the Tower of Terror 10 miler. 10 miles. Yeah, which Jeez. I think is great because most races are 5K, 10K, and then you jump to half marathon. So it was nice that there was like this race in between at a, at a length that wasn't quite the half. How many how many K is a, a, a marathon? Like, because you go 5K, 10K, what's and then you go marathon or, or half marathon or whatever. What is that? A half marathon is a little over 20K. <sighs> well, no, it's well, it's like 23K, I guess. I don't like that. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of running. Right. So you do 10 miler. Gross. Um, gone. Got rid of that. So, but no, according to Disney, the way to take your experience to the next level is to pay more. <laughs> right. Club Run Disney offers members a range of perks and special benefits to enhance their running experience. Now, these all will depend on your selected level of membership because it's not just enough that you're going to pay. There are levels of membership. So you're better than everybody, but then you could be really better than everyone. And then you like super better than everybody. <laughs> so you've got first you've got your silver membership coming in at the bargain price of two hundred and sixty five dollars and forty three cents a year. OK, I'm assuming you're going to tell me what I get for my two hundred and whatever dollars. I'm going to tell you, but first of all, who does this pricing? <laughs> like, this is when accountants are running your co your company full. Like, they are doing everything. If you are pricing oh, yeah. something at $265.43, someone did a formula and was like, this is what it costs. Exactly. I, and you know what? And I would love – I think I talked about it on one of the dumb shows we do. But I would love to, to talk with people who do that. I would love to see that spreadsheet and that accounting for this decision – because that is a very exact number. You're absolutely right. Why not round up or round down? I work in retail. So we talk about emotional price points like four ninety nine. Yes. Two one ninety nine, two forty nine. No one feels no one had a vision. No one said it had a vision and said, I'm gonna make a club membership at three levels and one of them is gonna be priced at two hundred and sixty five dollars and forty three cents. You'd say, Maybe this one's around two hundred dollars a year. Yes. <sighs> Wait, well, give me the price again. I know you've said it three times, but it's not sticking. $265.43 is the silver membership. Why not $250? Just make it $250, $249.95. Right. Anyways. So what does that get you? I'm going to tell you right now. I know you've been dying to know. 
It gets you right. a member jacket, a club run Disney magnet, because now it's just magnets. <laughs> well, yeah, we've talked about that before. They love whoever, somebody at Disney loves magnets so much. They're a, a cat lady, for sure. They have <laughs> 1,200 fridges with which to put all of these magnets upon. They want to inflict everybody else with magnet damage. This is what's happening. Well, you know, actually, as you're saying that, I'm thinking they they talk, you know, scientists talk about how the earth shifts. Like we have a magnetic sphere, right? Like the and like we have the poles, magnetic field, right? right? Yes, yes. Right. And like the pole, the the, the poles are shifting. And so the they're going to and they're going to switch and it will cause a lot of they say it can cause a lot of problems when the when the poles shift and that north has actually been slowly drifting every year towards the south and the other way around. It's probably because of Disney. Like there's so many magnets where they shouldn't be like 14 on my fridge. God knows how many, you know, it's probably affecting the Earth's magnetism at this point because there's so many magnets around from them. Uh, you know what? I think you're on to something. I think, you know, and, and, and people might call you crazy for this or whatever, but I think you go on the Disney Reddit and you start talking about this and you really start, uh, you know, hammering everybody about this. This is this is terrible for this is man-made pole change. Man-made pole change of the demagnetism of the earth. So not only are we polluting the oceans with plastic, but we're changing the earth's polar uh <laughs> orientation and you also get a membership card now so that's one those are the things you get right away you get a jacket you get a jacket a magnet and a membership card plus okay year-round tier one pricing for run disney races now what that tells me is uh-huh. we're going to start getting different levels of pricing and i would imagine that that means uh It'll be based on almost like when you buy a flight. Like the closer you get to the race, they're going to get more expensive. They don't do that currently. Right. You get exclusive 2020 Club Run Disney Virtual 10K. Now, do you know what a virtual race is? No. A video game? That is pay us money, go run around your neighborhood, tell us you did it, and we're going to send you a medal. Is that really? That's a virtual 10K? That's, that's a virtual 10K. You're allowed to do that. Thank you for letting me run around my neighborhood, you idiots. That's literally not virtual. It's not virtual. Well, it's literal. It's, like not, it's a yeah, literal you, 10K. You're running a literal 10K. Well, you're phoning it in over the internet, and then they tell you, you know, then they send you. But people are, uh, uh, it's, it's literally, this is just to get them. This is metal collection at this point. That's stupid. Yeah. And then you the get. Metals are merchandise now. They're the merchandise, metals. yeah. That's what this whole – I'm telling you, and when we get to the end of this, you're going to realize this is literally – they're turning Run Disney into a way to buy medals. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. They don't want to put the races on anymore. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and That's then last – the last benefit of the silver membership is Club Run Disney de designation on your race bibs. So when you, you go for your – you know, we all get bibs, but yours yes. is going to say Club Run Disney on it, and you can show that off oh, in wow. the corrals. So everyone knows that you're a sucker. So everyone knows. Yeah, exactly. But if that's not enough to wet your whistle and get you running, <laughs> you can pay $478.63. And 78. That you know what honestly, it wouldn't be so bad if it was 
But the fact that it's 478.63, it's so precise that it's insulting. I, I, I would rather pay them more. Those Exactly. Round up. I don't care. But stop making it so obvious. So that's gold membership. Well, they should just mask that they're like it's, – it, it's just they're saying we don't have a vision. We're letting the accountants run things because they've seen that we can make money with this. So yeah. just, do, they're, just do it. There's no marketing involved. Now, for this silver level – or uh, sorry, gold level, you get all of the aforementioned benefits plus a guaranteed opportunity to purchase one spot in the half marathon or greater distance each weekend throughout uh, through early registration. So – you basically have early registration now. Hmm. Um, but, but currently, you're, but you're guaranteed, and don't those sell out pretty quickly? Well, so that's the thing because it seems they like a good too. Okay, okay. You can uh, today. You can register for the Star Wars half in April. It's only three months away. Hmm. These races are not what they were. There, there was a heyday. Um, and I think that this is Disney trying to almost create more anxiety by saying, like, if you, you'll pay and we'll guarantee this, almost making people think that there must be more demand than there really is because the demand isn't there anymore. You do not have to – maybe for mar- the big one, Marathon Weekend, Wine and Dine, that's pretty popular. But it's just not – it's not what it was. Okay. But I'm sure the jock in your tracksuit is saying that's not enough. <laughs> What what more can I pay? I want more. That's right. I have I have so much more disposable income. I need to get rid of it. By the way, these yes. membership prices don't include the actual races. They don't. No. Oh this is just to be in the club, goodness. and then you get to register for the races, and they don't give you a discount either. Oh you're, you're, you're you're you're. This is literally you could buy this and never run a race. Platinum members, the top, the cream of the crop who fork over $798.43 will get all of the aforementioned benefits of the silver and gold members, but also access to the club run Disney lounge with convenient packet pickup, which, okay. Is that a tacit admission that it's a colossal pain in the butt to pick up a packet currently? If they're saying, well, if if you pay us $800, we'll make it easy. Yeah, we'll make it. I mean, yeah. We admit this sucks. Pay us $800 and we'll make it suck less. We'll make it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then early access to run Disney merchandise shop with special character meet and greet opportunity. Now, again, early access to the merchandise shop. If this was 2016, I would be saying, okay, makes sense because the merchandise used to sell out. You have to get to that expo the first day. Now you go Saturday, it's all still there. Don't worry. Maybe they're out of one size, but, like, forget it. Really? I'm trying to remember where, like, when ours was. Oh, September 1st, 2017 was the incredible, you know, 5K or whatever that we did, right, that I can't stop talking about. And we went. I went to the merch area, like, four times, and nothing was very good. Went through the exclusive race stuff. I'm like, eh. It just seems like someone with uh, Adobe InDesign just kind of went wild and everything was approved. And nothing hit, nothing, nothing hit right. Nothing screamed out to me. And it was like, I didn't buy a single thing. Nothing. Didn't buy anything. There are not a lot of things that you would necessarily want to wear um, 
for a run around your neighborhood. And my as a as someone who runs pretty frequently, I hate the material. They're either really beefy cotton, which I'm yes. I don't why would I run in that? Yes. Actually the shirt that we pre ordered is a Hanes like beefy tee. I've yeah. never worn I put it on once, never wore it again. I actually donated it. I paid money. I donated it to like the right. Salvation Army. Because I'm never gonna run I'm never gonna even Regardless of running in it, I'm never going to wear it. It's like wearing a weighted blanket. It's not cool. Right. I mean, as if the poor don't have enough problems, they got to wear that <laughs> around now. That's right. I'm doing this for the for the homeless people who go shopping at the Salvation Army. Uh. So, and then the actual what is their sort of tech fabric is okay, but even up until this year, recently. The long shirts, like the long sleeve shirts didn't have thumb holes. Well, when you wear a long sleeve shirt running, you're wearing it because it's cold and you want to pull them up over and have it, you know, cover up your hands. And most of them didn't have thumb holes. I'm like, is a runner even anywhere involved in the design of these products at all? Like normally if you wear a long, like a running hoodie, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit longer over the butt because some people don't want to run in shorts. So they make it a little bit longer in the back so that you can run without the shorts on and not look weird with your tights okay um, run disney doesn't do that they're like they're the same length all the way around like there's just they're not designed like nike or adidas would design running product anyway. got it okay uh so uh, where was i it's unclear oh. if um club run disney members will also get one week um, because we don't know how far back their early registration is. So right now, annual pass holders, DVC members, uh, residents of uh, what's the not celebration? Oh, Golden Oak. Mm. All these people get one week advance early registration before regular registration opens. So will Club Disney just get that level, or will they get even further? We don't know. Um, here's the kicker, because there's one more benefit to platinum. That is really pissed off the runners. I love it. Upgraded corral placement. Okay, explain that because I think I know what you're talking about. And if I if I understand it correctly, I'm upset too and I'm not even a runner. I'm an idiot. So fill me in on that. Races are set up staggered. You can't have 25,000 people and then just say, go! And then, every, and then 25,000 people start, right? Right. You have to have it set up in waves. And what they do is they put the fastest runners in the front. So you – because fast runners go first so they don't have to worry about plowing into Sharon and Barbara who are (laughs) speed walking the race while chatting about their kids' engagements, okay? You can't have them behind Sharon and Barbara. Right. Sharon and Barbara are slow. They have to go towards the back. So you – every corral – Gets has a slower pace time, and you have to submit a proof of time if you've run before, and then they check it, and they say, okay, well, if you're going to finish around this pace, we're going to put you in corral C mm-hmm. or D. And I think, that, I think that's everybody from like – because if I, if I remember, it's not the 5K people. So you're talking like 10Ks or more, I think you have to do that because I don't remember doing that. And I remember that stage of registration – Sort of messed me up at the five k because I'm like I don't want a proof of but you you have to you have to I think what it is is you have to submit proof if it's over a 16 minute mile I think is what it is or um, under a 16 minute mile but if you I, if you just admit that you're just a big load and you don't run and you just kind of want to do this for fun you can put nah, I run over a 16 minute mile and it's fine they don't take the five k's as seriously I don't right. think you have to have proof of time but they do ask you what do you think you're going to finish exactly. this in and yeah. then they will align you up according to that so you right. could lie 
Yeah. Um, uh, so many people have been asking on Twitter, does anyone who is an actual runner and understand what's important to runners actually work at run distance? <laughs> <laughs> that they would entertain corralling people by spend and not by speed. Like this is baffling. And the trouble with this idea is not just that it's annoying and that someone could pay to jump the line. You, literally, you're giving people the opportunity to pay to jump the line. Yeah. But to get into earlier corrals, a person has to spend a significant amount of training to rightfully be there. And now you'll potentially have runners and corrals who don't meet the necessary physical requirements to be there with the faster runners. And that creates a safety risk because there you get narrow roads. You're going to have people who are running faster, people who are tripping. It's a problem if, when people aren't running at the right speed. Right. Um, to be sure, at Jules TDS on Twitter commented, I don't get this. <laughs> I'm a slower runner. I don't belong in Corral A, and I'm a zillion percent okay with that for all of our safety. Now, this latest money grab by Run Disney is, of course, against a backdrop of years of annual race price hikes, just like with park tickets. At Mark Thompson replied to Run Disney's comment on Twitter, delete this. Delete this club signed to the entire running community. Um, you have to understand the background of this also. Run Disney races are notoriously expensive. They, oh Yes, they are. So, for example, the upcoming Star Wars half mm -hmm. right now to register for that cost $205 for 13 wow. miles. <laughs> I ran the Norway full marathon, which is 26 miles for $100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for the 5K that we did in uh, 2017, I think it was like 149 and That's with a yeah. shirt and whatever. and. For us, that was expensive, but it was sort of worth it because of the experience that you got out of it. You run backstage, you run under, you run through the tunnel that connects uh, DCA to Disneyland, and it's it's very cool. I don't know if I mean would I do it again? I don't know. I think I would do it again. I think it's it, it, that's worth it for that experience. I don't know. I don't know. We'll I see mean, if they ever bring it back, but. I, I, that's and this is where I diverge a little bit from you f with the run Disney stuff. It's like I think a lot of people, at least in the level that I was at, we're not running because we love racing. We're running to get the experience of doing that. But I think if you're doing a half or a full marathon, then you're running to run first primarily, and then you're getting experience secondarily. But for for Taryn and I, and and, and Terrence and everybody else who ran, that is not why we ran. We did not run for the we to 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 be healthy. We ran. For the experience to to do the thing, so well, I, don't, I don't know anything more than 150. I don't think I would do, regardless of how long it took. Do you see well, what you're saying? right, yeah. and people do. They justify the cost just like they do uh, with going to the parks. It is a higher quality race. The medals are amazing. They're put on and organized well. Um, but even lately, Disney has fallen short in their execution. So we're going to go a little deep here. Just this Sunday, Run Disney had to delay the start of the Walt Disney World Marathon due to buses full of participants stuck in traffic on the roads of Walt Disney World. <laughs> uh, <laughs> apparently, the early morning marathon traffic combined with the traffic of guests going to the early opening of Hollywood Studios for Rise of the Resistance caused gridlock on World Drive in Walt Disney World. And some guests reported being on buses at 3 a.m. a full hour before the suggested cutoff and still being stuck on a bus for the 5 a.m. start of the race. Wow. 
Images quickly surfaced on Twitter of countless runners walking along World Drive toward the start at Epcot in hopes of making the race. So buses stuck on World Drive not only kept runners from their start corrals, but they're on the race course. That's why they they couldn't start it not only because they people weren't in their corrals, but the buses are on where you are about to run. So they've got to clear the buses out. Um, and no one saw this coming as a problem. Yeah, like the the opening of Star Wars Land or the Rise of Resistance, they didn't think about what else do we have going on potentially, right? Like a marathon, they get I think twenty five thousand runners. They've all got to get there. What? What is that? Two hundred fifty bucks? What is that? What are they paying? Well, if um, for the for the full marathon, I don't know what the individual price for the full marathon is. I can tell you for the mm-hmm. dopey, which is to do all four, it's about eight hundred. Okay, so let's assume three hundred dollars. Probably around there. Yeah. That's a lot of scratch <laughs> to be sitting there going, bro, I woke up at three in the morning for this. Well, you got to wake up. Yeah. Well, you, some people got to, had to be on the bus. Some people got on the buses by three. So they were up at two. God. No, I'd you be know? so upset. I was already upset. I had to wake up at four to do our stupid run. Because I think hey, the, yeah. the start time was like at 530. I'm like, well, we're 10 minute walk away. It's fine. Right. But the you know Walt Disney World is very sprawling, and you've got to take bus transportation to the start. Yeah, and you rely on them. You pay them a lot of money. We rely on them, and this is the thing: these are private roads. <laughs> Disney owns this, <laughs> right? Okay. And a friend of mine actually commented that New York City is able to transport fifty thousand runners, which is twice what Disney gets. Close public streets, get all those runners to an island because the, the race, the New York Marathon, starts on Staten Island. Um, for their start, and there's no problem, but Disney can't figure it out on their own private roads at 3 a.m. <laughs> and they've been running this race for almost 30 years. So it seems uh, it seems outrageous. It and really- now they're asking us to fork over eight hundred dollars to uh, for all these other for a jacket and these other benefits. I'm not so sure. Right. Well, especially because they were giving out one day park hopper passes if you got stuck on the gondolas. What happens to these people who paid more than park admission yeah. to do the run and they couldn't get there in time? What do they get? Do they get anything? I have no idea. I wouldn't want to be on the other end of that call. Bro. No. When I call up and complain. Absolutely not. Yeah. So that's what happened. That's the <laughs> Run Disney News, new club, and uh, late start. I love it. So what level are you joining at? <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way. Put no that way, with Disney Jose. Plus. I'm not doing it. That's true. Well, you know what, Jeremy? By now, it's common knowledge that the Disneyland Resort is experiencing a slowdown in attendance over the previous years, and that it's probably due to the number of price increases we've been hit with recently, which dovetails nicely with what you were just talking about. While ticket sales have been uh, down, revenue has been up again thanks to the large and insane price increases in the resort. $11 for a beer, Jeremy. Seventeen fifty for a cocktail. It's outrageous, and I'm upset about it, if you can't tell. I guess if you have the money to go, Disney thinks you don't care about paying 17 bucks for a cocktail. Which is, it is sort of like Disneyland is becoming a place where the you know, upper middle class can go. And that's it. If you want to really enjoy everything and like have everything they have, they take in everything they have to offer... I feel like it's it's harder for lower middle class people to go and enjoy the park that Walt specifically built for families. 
It's a little disappointing, but I digress. It seems that this low attendance thing is making Disney nervous because on January 8th, the Disneyland Resort announced a special deal on tickets for the largest section of its visitors, Southern California residents. Yes, for some reason, Jeremy, SoCal folks who already make up at least 50% of park attendees can get a juicy deal on a three-day, one-park-per-day ticket for about $200, which is seven, uh, $67 bucks per day. Yes. I don't get this. This is what they did in Florida. It, does, it makes zero sense. It, it honestly it, – it sounds like what they did similarly to um, – the new uh, passport option for like five ninety nine. See now that's a nice round number five ninety nine. It wasn't right five ninety four twenty eight. Right, um, where you can it's basically like the passports we have now, but you have to book your day in advance or something like that. It's very weird. Right. It's a reservation system of sorts. Um, it, it seems it seems a lot like that where they are a little nervous that attendance is down. People aren't going, even though they are making the money. People aren't showing up as, as as much, and they want to keep those parks as packed as possible, which is very disappointing to a guy who hates people like me. But right, uh, just because I'm a jerk for marketing and communications and stuff like that, uh, even though I'm terrible at it, here's a quote from the Disneyland ambassador, whatever that means, uh, someone called Justin <laughs> Justin Rapp. Quote: Starting today, our Southern California residents have the chance. To come visit us here at the Disneyland Resort for as low as 67 per day with a purchase of a three-day, one-park-per-day ticket. That means you buy that three-day ticket, it comes out to as low as $67, end quote. Which, to be honest, I'm very glad Disney is giving us the chance here to come to the park they've priced us out of in the first place, especially if you're a SoCal resident. And I imagine... SoCal residents are, like I said, about 50%. Get out of here, cat. Go away. SoCal residents are, like I said, about 50% of the total attendance, uh, park attendance for any given day, right? So I wonder if SoCal residents are, they're the ones not showing up. And even though, the, you know, we're talking low attendance numbers, like 2 to 3%, which is not a whole lot, apparently that's enough to affect Disney's bottom line to then have a brand new tier even though it's one day, one park, um, a ticket price for specifically SoCal residents. It's, it's very weird. So I think it's very kind also that they've, uh, they've allowed people to come back at this low price. And I feel like, number one, that's a poor choice of words that maybe only I noticed because I key in on weird stuff, like give SoCal residents have the chance to come visit us. It, it makes no sense. Uh, and right. two... Why is this guy announcing a ticket deal? Who is he? What does he do? It's all sorts of weird and showy, and, and I don't like it. It feels very weird. Why is the, the Disneyland ambassador announcing a brand new ticket? Who cares? Who cares? What do you do? Who cares? Well, I, I have a few things. <laughs> okay. On the one hand, you know, we complain. Prices are going up, so here they are giving us an opportunity to save money. This is what we asked for, right? Like lower prices. The problem is it's address discrimination. It is. But <laughs> if you are upset, which it sounds like you are, and <laughs> and if you are between the ages of three and nine, which it which sounds, it sounds it like sounds, I am. It sounds like you're not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. you can stop being upset because Disneyland has extended this amazing offer to you, regardless of your residence. 
which is cool, I guess, because okay. paying only slightly less than an adult ticket has always been something I had a hard time understanding. I think the difference between like an adult one day, one park or whatever, and then a, a, a child's, I think it was like eight bucks or 10 bucks or something like that, which makes no sense at all. There's no deal for parents at all. There's no deal for kids. It's free if you're if you're two and under, but once you hit three, you're paying essentially full price is what that is. So at yeah, least, they should. Yeah. <laughs> no, they shouldn't. It's for children. It's for families. And and you I I think that kids should have a little bit of a leeway when it comes to paying for them. They're not gonna use all the amenities, they're not gonna use all the things. They, I don't know, man. What do you mean? The stroller takes up more than just me walking. If you're a four-year-old or five-year-old, you don't need a stroller. You shouldn't have a stroller. I'm still going to stick by that, even though when my kid's probably four, we'll probably have a stroller. You don't need a stroller. But maybe that's why. I don't know. Man, maybe you're right, Jeremy. I don't know. But uh, (laughs) I know I'm probably pissing off so many people (laughs) right now. But that's kind of okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, all, All of these deals sort of beg the question. Is this Disney realizing they've gone too far with the price increases? Personally, even if they had a great ticket deal like this for adults outside of the SoCal area, I don't think I would take it. Everything in that park is just too darn expensive right now, and I don't think I would go back at all. But I don't know. Like To be honest with you, even though we do very Disney-centric shows, Disneyland-centric shows, the pricing scheme, the way everything is priced right now, I don't like it, and it bothers me to support that. It bother it just it just bothers me. Like Mark well, Hamill uh, recently uh, like deleted his Facebook page because of uh, the fact that Facebook isn't like fact checking political ads, which I'm not saying I'm on that same level as <laughs> Mark mm-hmm. Hamill, but it's it's it, like similar where it's like I I, I sort of want to. Just stop going and stop doing this show because I, 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 I believe that much in how much damage I feel the Disney company is doing for people like us who are hardcore fans of the parks, but we don't have the money that they want us to have to be able to go as often as we want to go. And, and well, it, it's a weird thing and I don't like it. But think about it this way. If you pay sixty seven bucks to go a day versus what was it, one twenty five? I don't know, something like that. So you're saving fifty dollars? But but I can buy that That's, I can buy it for Alice when she turns three if they still have that deal in a year. She's turning two in March, so she's still good for another year. But right. so if they have that deal, which you know they're not going to, <laughs> they're gonna. I feel like this is a temporary deal to get the crowd uh, attendance back up. And isn't Bob Iger leaving this year? Well, we don't know. Okay, because I feel like that's sort of the point of all this is that the run Disney packages, this new the 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 new passport, the new tickets, the ride also opening. You bump up everything. So he hits his numbers and he gets his $60 million bonus or whatever, and then they can do whatever the heck they want to do. But that's me being a conspiracy theorist. But I don't know, man. So I can't get that deal at $67, even if we did one park one day, which is on. Oh, right, because you're Northern California. Because we're Northern California, so we can't do it. See? So why would you play to the, the, the residents who are 50% of your business? Why I don't know that that boggles my mind. 
That I don't maybe, understand. Maybe their percent has dropped. That's maybe kinda, they're only 45 now. That's kind of what I'm saying. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Like that's 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 got to be it's got to be it. I think it's probably because it's quick cash. You aren't relying on those yeah. people to then also have to book a hotel and then also have to book a, a flight. Like it's like you throw this offer out there, they can hop in the car and come down and you can get that money and hit your quarter number. That's true. And but it it, it and this is a dumb question that I've asked all the time and I I don't know if there's an answer for, it, but how much cash is too much cash? I know they're beholden to the stockholders like myself, so I appreciate the fact that the stock goes up. And I, I I love that very much, but at some point we got can we stop milking the fans of the park for going to the board? We're penalized. We're penalized for liking Disneyland, monetarily penalized, and it just it's annoying. Yeah, I mean, I I hear you. I just wish that these. I wish that you were able to take advantage of this offer. I agree. That's sort because of because you are a California resident. That's sort of and I'm also saying. then you could say to yourself, "Okay, well, I'm saving fifty dollars a day. That's like three or four Manhattans at seventeen fifty. <laughs> now that is, we're not. yeah, you're probably right. You're probably so that's right. why I was hoping it would work. Yeah, me too, man. Well, Jason, I'm sure you're aware changes to Epcot have been coming fast and furious lately. I am. Ever, ever since Disney announced more than $1 billion expansion of the park, the biggest in its history, I've been almost afraid to wake up every morning from what news I might find. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I look at Twitter with one eye open, not because I'm tired, because I don't want to see it. Right. Of course, the beloved Illuminations Reflections of Earth is gone. Harmonious is opening up this spring. New movies in several pavilions, a new attraction in France, an overhaul of Spaceship Earth, new restaurants, and more. They just keep coming. I arrived in Florida this past Wednesday, January 8th, to find even more changes were afoot. According to reports on Twitter, new area music had been added to three of the park's 11 countries. Now, that had me a little nervous. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, music from Beauty and the Beast now serves as the audio backdrop in France. Mulan now accompanies your visit to China. And Coco can be heard in Mexico. And I almost lost my mind. My action was swift and ferocious. <laughs> now, normally, I like to report on the tweets of others on Diz Twitter. But here, I'm going to read you my very own reaction. <laughs> okay. They ruined Epcot at night for me when Illuminations was killed. Now they've ruined it during the day with this IP background music. It's not just annoying. It's offensive. Hashtag deadcot. <laughs> wow. Ruthless. Gutted like a fish. Gutted like a fish. But as with most news that breaks on Twitter, the initial perceptions, including my own, were much harsher and the reality that existed in cooler heads prevailed. <laughs> it turns out the new music did not fully replace the area music. Music. Oh, wait. I forgot to play it. Never mind. Whatever. It didn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm the worst. You know what I love? Uh, editing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's my favorite uh, thing. What do you want me to do here since you just... I never put when to play the music, so... Just tell me. I got it up right now. I got it ready. It doesn't matter. I'd have to start over from the beginning. So let's just... (laughs) 
I just did it for you anyway. I would never have known that those pieces were from the movies because I've never seen any of those movies. Well, they're not. Those are the those are the original attract uh, audio loops. Oh, okay. Well, then there you go. So uh, it turns out um, the this music that I was annoyed about didn't fully replace those loops that you so kindly just played. Okay. Uh, but they were simply mixed in and added to those existing loops. But I had been fooled by misleading headlines by news sites which shall remain nameless that led me to believe the loops had been replaced entirely. But uh, further, they were tastefully done in the style of the current loops. The Mulan piece was recorded by a Chinese folk group. The new Coco audio for Mexico was recorded by the pavilion's beloved Mariachi Cobre group that performs there daily. So I was able to peel myself off the ceiling and relax and enjoy the rest of my trip. And hopefully this tasteful addition of IP music into World Showcase will serve as a bellwether for the way Epcot will continue to evolve in the coming months and years. So new music is at Epcot, and it's not so bad. It's not so bad, but would it be better without it? I mean, we've you've talked about that specifically, that Epcot never had IP, and then now it sort of does, and it's weird. Is this is this? Do you think where it's going to stop, or they're just slowly introducing IP, so it's going to be like the rest of the park? I'm clinging to what scraps I can. They're slowly doing it. You know, they. Um, do you ever hear the fable? Uh, or well, I don't know if it's really a fable, but it's a saying that like if you if you took a frog and you dro- dropped it in boiling water, it would hop out right away. Yes. Okay. Or you can put a frog in cold water and it'll stay there and you can just slowly turn up the heat and mm-hmm. it'll boil to death. Mm-hmm. It's like death by a thousand cuts. I am a frog <laughs> and I am being boiled by Disney's IP. Does that make sense? Well, I don't know if it makes sense. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I don't think it makes much sense. I mean, I, I agree, but I, I, I think in Disney, in the Disney parks, I think you have to do something like that. I don't think you can just go in and change everything wholesale like that. I feel like you have to make little tiny incremental changes so people can get used to it because of the internet. Now, if this was in 1980 and social media wasn't around, you could just bulldoze and do whatever you want. No one would care. Only newspapers would report on it. But now you have, you know, John the Donut Eater 84 on Twitter reporting, complaining about stuff, and then news articles pick up on it, and then now it's suddenly like a huge thing. Right. Well, and I think because so many people are complaining, Disney is calling it noise and not really listening when we're angry. I think if you really want to register your anger, you still have to do it the old-fashioned way and go to guest relations or write a letter. I agree. I think guest relations is the best way to do it because social media, I don't know – exactly how they filter everything through social media. I know that they trap everything in the net, but it's one of those things where unless the department heads want to hear feedback about the thing, they don't get the feedback about the thing, at least for social media. So they'll flag flag comments on Facebook as related to whatever, but unless their bosses don't specifically ask for feedback on the new magnets or the new run Disney thing or whatever, they're never going to see that negative feedback. Right, they're just never going to see it because if it's so, so if something if it's something they want to do, they're just going to go ahead and, and do it. But I feel like if it's written on a piece of paper, maybe it carries a little more weight. I don't know. I think so. Well, so you that's know, my story. Well, that's good. Uh, you know what else is a good 
thinking story. I don't know. I was trying to figure out a segue for that, and I just I can't do it. Um, Disney's love of popcorn buckets, Jeremy. It's a proven fact. <laughs> Disney loves popcorn buckets. There's no two ways about it. If you're a popcorn bucket, Disney loves you. Uh, yeah. Recently, we have been overloaded with plastic <laughs> containers of all shapes and sizes, from Oogie Boogie to the three-eyed aliens from Toy Story, whatever. I don't even... Do they even have a name? I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen Toy Story. <sighs> You've never seen Toy Toy Story 4 was dumb. Toy Story 3 yeah. was great. Toy Story 2 is okay. Toy Story, you should at least see Toy Story. Just from like a historical, you know, pop culture, cinematic sort of stance. Toy Story, dude. You should you should check it out. Okay. All right, well, um, Cinderella's carriage was a popcorn bucket. Christmas mm. Pluto was a popcorn bucket, like Pluto wearing a Christmas sweater or whatever. We have all sorts of shapes and sizes um, to these uh, popcorn buckets. There is no limit of IP for Disney to draw from. Well, I'm here to tell you, Jeremy, move over popcorn only bucket. It's time for the popcorn and French fry bucket. What does it have, a divider? <laughs> uh, it doesn't have a divider, but in case you find yourself in need of those world-famous Disney French fry <laughs> that we've heard so much about, there I'm sure there are Twitter accounts dedicated to the quality and flavor that is the Disneyland French fry. Um, if you want those by the bucket load, 2020 is your year. In keeping with the theme of overdoing Star Wars, this fry bucket is shaped like the Millennium Falcon. It lights up, has a lid to keep your content safe, and will run you $24.95. Never mind that you can buy a t-shirt for that price. This is a popcorn bucket. Anyway, um, you can get it filled with popcorn from any corn slinger in Tomorrowland, but if you want to really kill yourself, you have to go to the Galactic Grill in Tomorrowland for your fry fix. Right now, you can only refill your bucket of fries by using the mobile order option, and they come in a bag, so you won't fill, they won't fill your Falcon for you, which is hard to say. But still, mm. if you love mediocre fries while on the go and think paper bags look gauche, well, this might just be <laughs> the thing for you. And if you can't make it to the parks, Jeremy... If you desperately want one of those right now, guess how much they are on eBay for being sold for. Now, eBay prices, that's what people are asking for. It's not what they're sold for. So when people say it's selling for $75 or $100 or $200 or whatever on eBay, it's not really because it's what people are asking. So how much do you think the Millennium Falcon popcorn French fry bucket is? The uh, $265.43. <laughs> No, I actually uh, made a Freudian. It's seventy five bucks. There's someone oh, okay. selling them on, on eBay for seventy five dollars, and this is what happens. I think it happens so much. If I remember correctly, there was one of the popcorn buckets. I think for Christmas or maybe over the summer that you had a limit of ten per person. Okay, because that's what people do with these new buckets. They'll stand in line to buy the bucket. And then they'll go put them on eBay. I mean, that's what Disney. That's just that's all the things that ever that Disney does. I just don't understand don't it because you wait three months and they're not seventy five dollars anymore. Right. I don't. I don't know that I want to meet the person who collects buckets. <laughs> I'm you sure know? you probably have. Oh, 
They're very they silent. At the Christmas show. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to tell you, but uh, yeah, I mean, so I I think the Disney, I think the the popcorn buckets are cute. I think I think that's a good idea for them as a very good merchandising thing. But a fry, it's it's not something I would ever want to do. Like they they have like the little. Um, uh, you're never going to know this, but the the little mouse um, robot delivery guy from Star Wars, little robot autonomous thing, whatever. They had that as a popcorn bucket. I think that's really cute. Yeah. That is clever. That's clever use of IP. I appreciate that. But it's like twenty bucks, and I think that's too much. It's a it's a hollow hunk of plastic that doesn't even work. It's just a container for popcorn. And I think at that point, that's too much. Maybe the oogie boogie is cool, but it's I mean. In two years, what are you going to do with that? You're going to throw it away. You're going to you're going to throw it away. It's going to end up in a landfill. And I feel like, as Disney fans, we sort of need to check ourselves with how excited we get for new Disney products. Like the last few times I went to Disneyland, I didn't buy anything except you know right. Star Wars stuff. And because it's you don't need it if you just take a moment and go. Like my my biggest offender for for spending is the Disney Gallery or the the, the whatever's in the bank the Disney. Ania thing or whatever in Disneyland. What is it called? Yeah. I don't know what it's called. Oh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's just like it's Disney art and like little. It's tchotchke. Disney art. Yeah, exactly. And I love tchotchkes. I let me tell you something about me. I love little thing, little trinket, little little tchotchke figurine, action figurey thing. I love it. I can't get enough of it. And Ugh. and t- I, I know. And Taryn has to drag me out by my back hair of that store. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I just wanted to paint a really gross picture for a second um, because I want to buy stuff. I love it. Like the last thing I bought there was the um, the stretching portraits in the Haunted Mansion, right? Um, yeah. But they are Nightmare Before Christmas themed. So instead of the alligator girl, it's Sally. And in, you know what I mean? Instead of the, the three uh, dudes, I forget their names now, but they're in the quicksand, it's Lock, Shock, and Barrel. And the guy on the uh, dynamite keg is Oogie Boogie. Like that's really cool. It's two hundred dollars, and I obsessed over that until she bought it for me. But, oh dear, are yeah, they I big? I don't. I care. mean, it's exactly. Um. <laughs> you, don't, you don't really care. I don't know, man. It's fine. It's 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 large. It's a medium sized piece of art, but they have some cool stuff in there. Anyways, I digress. It, we just. I think we all just need to check ourselves because if if we stop buying this weird stuff, then they're stop making it, or maybe drop the price. Maybe I'm living in a fantasy world. I don't know. I just want some different merch. I mean, stop throwing buckets at me. Like, I'm not a janitor. <laughs> I also feel like... Pop, here's a popcorn bucket. Hey, you like you popcorn? Know? Here's a way to carry it around to pay $20 and then have to... I don't know, whatever. Well, I think also we've glossed over something here. What's in, that? In the talk about the bucket. And now, I've heard of a bucket of popcorn. You know, you go to the movies, you get a bucket of popcorn. Yeah, yeah. I have never in my life eaten a bucket of french fries right and it's and it's there's a there's a photo of it online it's this is amazing because the millennium falcon it's pretty big i would guess uh it's probably eight inches long maybe uh, maybe 10 or 12 it's actually like fairly big and maybe 10 in diameter i'm guessing but the fries don't fit in the whole thing so it's sort of misleading. I wonder how mm. much popcorn it even fits. So it's you, you have mostly plastic with a small area to put the actual snack in. To me, it feels like it would be more cumbersome. 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to say about it other than you can buy a bag of fries and pour them in your $25 toy and then eat out of your toy like you're eight years old again in front of the TV for Saturday morning <laughs> cartoons. It's just – it's very weird, but I'm sure it's going to sell – a hundred thousand units, and everyone's gonna love it, and they're gonna clamor for it, and then we're gonna get like bantha buckets, and we're gonna get baby Yoda shaped bucket buckets, and we're gonna get all this stuff, and it's gonna drive me crazy because I just think that if I was in that meeting, I would go, nobody's ever gonna buy this, and then I'm I'm just I'm wrong, I'm wrong with everything, I'm wrong, I'm a wrong, I'm an incorrect person. Yeah, I've noticed. Yeah. That. What do you mean? A yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like when I have people over at my house, you know, I want to show them, you know, lovely things like, welcome to my home. This is this is my sitting area. This is, you know, come on in, guys. Oh, that that's my big bucket collection. Thanks for noticing. It's like, that's so weird. Yeah. You have a leaky roof. <laughs> I'm ready. There's a whole thing. I could live under a big piece of Swiss cheese. I'm ready. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, Jeremy, (laughs) thanks a lot for joining me. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to do your research and to go in-depth. And uh, thank you for listening, everybody, to this show, the first in-depth of 2020, I believe. And we will catch you on the next one. If you're hard up for anything to listen to, well, why don't you check out The Supreme Resort Starring, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you at top billing here, my friend. Um, top billing, yeah, my close personal friend Jeremy. If you can't get enough of Jeremy, this is your chance right now. Uh, the Supreme Resort. Um, I believe we're gonna have a new episode, maybe before this comes out. I don't know, but it's all about Star Tours, so you can check that out. If you want to check out the latest uh, Ears Up episode, we do a whole rundown of the year. So you can check out what happened last year and what happens this year and all sorts of weird, fun stuff. And I don't know what I'm saying anymore because I'm having audio problems. So I'm going to get out of here. Jeremy, you can find all about Jeremy on SpectralRadio.us. Me, I'm Jason. You can go to EarsUp-Podcast.com. Check out what we got going on. And until next time, I don't know, whatever. Whatever.